Welcome to Bed Knobs and Bruplets, the podcast that talks about witches, man witches, warlocks, sorcerers, and other magic practitioners in movies, television, comic books, books, and just about everything. We also talk about heroic and just plain awesome animals, as our fair familiars, and witches in history. Sorry, this show will include spoilers. You've been warned. My name is Witchling Jane. <laughs> love the word witchling um, my name- i'm all proud of it too <laughs> <laughs> i highlighted it almost every time it came up in the book with a little note of <laughs> um, anyway my name is linda but this week you can call me uh the cheese blood witch <laughs> that's right when i get a, a paper cut i i bleed cheese <laughs> Like, I was just imagining like just cutting into like a like a just a regular ch- piece of cheddar and just starts like bleeding blood. <laughs> and I'm just like, well, that was my holiday prank for the year. <laughs> so. <sighs> so, anyways, today we are covering the fourth book um, from Sarah J. Moss um, from the Throw Glass series, Queen of Shadows. Uh, written in or published at least in 2015 and yeah um yeah yeah i I don't know what to say about it it's so much (laughs) there's a lot going on in this book and i i will say this this was not of the ones that i've read Mm -hmm. and right now i'm i'm I am struggling <laughs> to get started on the um, Kale only <laughs> heavy lone character book. Wait. I was like, I could read the novellas, but the novellas mention characters that You're are You're not those. excited to hear about the wonderful, splendiferous adventures of Kale? <laughs> <laughs> Look, emo soldier boy is still emo soldier boy, <laughs> okay? <laughs> Oh, I I found a couple things in here that I really enjoyed. Um, and oh yeah, no, I, there are things I sorry, I, I was I gonna say there there are things I enjoyed. Don't get me wrong, like, uh, but it wasn't like of my favorite because there are moments that drag, and then when you follow this up with um, the fifth book, um, the um, Empire Storm, mm. that one. I dug a lot. Like Linda's working on. I know Linda's reading it right now, but I keep, I keep warning her pages. about the ending. <laughs> I keep warning her about the ending. Going like you're gonna have some feels, okay? You're gonna have some feels, and it's gonna hurt, okay? Just just don't go with it. So now I'm just like looking back, at Queen of Shadows. I'm like, yeah, it was okay. It was good. It was good in between filler, but yeah. No Empire let's, Storms. Let's, let's, let's just get through it to the Empire of Storms. <laughs> Well, this one was well over 600 pages and um, it's, yeah. So when the the parts of the book drag, they really fucking drag. <laughs> but um, I, I found a quote that I really liked for this. It was, uh, she was fire and light and ash and embers. She was Aelin Fireheart and she bowed for no one and nothing, save the crown that was hers by blood and survival and triumph. And I feel like that kind of just covers everything, covers the whole series. Yeah, because uh, they really uh, play into that role going forward. Mm-hmm. At least, for, like I said, at least it's like I haven't read the last one. And I obviously haven't gotten really into the sixth one, so I can't say for certain. But yes, they really play into that. Like there is, she is definitely a symbol 
yeah. um, as well as what she believes is rightfully hers. Well, and in this book, uh, they she has a new nickname that I totally want to steal for our band. Um, the band that we're forming, even though we don't really know how to play instruments very well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Someday I'll remember how to play piano <laughs> because that totally works out in a band is a 88 key. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I'll, I'll yes. totally remember how to play the guitar. Okay. And, uh, yeah. now we just need Donnie on a cowbell and we're good. <laughs> oh, wait, Donnie knows how hey, to play honey, guitar. I want to play bass <laughs> for our band we're starting. Oh. He just looked at me like, you're a fucker. <laughs> so she is now known as Fire Breathing Bitch Queen, <laughs> which I wish I could go back to high school and have that, <laughs> that name in my yearbook. <laughs> like, Linda Roberts, Fire Breathing Bitch Queen. <laughs> That's your senior quote. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but you know, I'm I'm kind of glad because uh, I I ended up graduating early, so I didn't get to be in the yearbook, and so I'm kind of glad for it because I probably would have ended up with something real stupid as the quote. <laughs> like I'm sure, probably something about I didn't even like, do a quote. <laughs> I remember, I didn't even do a quote because um, I was um, I was in Running Start that time, so I was already mm. in college. So I was like, I'm yeah, and my picture's gonna go in there and whatever let's just move on and keep going i love running start i honestly oh, did start was my lifesaver yeah so I, that, that's actually what helped me um well it helped me a lot through uh graduating early but uh, yeah i considered doing that but my parents talked me out of it and said like just get the two years free and we'll be okay <laughs> that's a good point i think that was their point oh but, uh, so yeah, okay, Aelin is going back to Rifthold because she needs to contact Arabin, who was basically her, um, kidnapper abuser who, um, who... Oh, but he was her mentor and being an assassin, sure. too. Sure. <laughs> and also completely gaslighting her and, as you said, mm -hmm. emotionally abusing her and mentally abusing her by... My, you know, one of the parts where he sends her her old assassin uniform, which sounds really uncomfortable okay. when I read it the first time. Also, my note on that is, okay, so yeah, he sends her her old assassin uh, outfit, which is really, really sweet. I think it's um, leather or something, and it has uh, a bunch of hidden knives and hidden compartments for knives and weapons. And my question was like, okay, yeah, that's cool. But she was wearing that when she was like, it was like, wasn't it like two or three years ago? So when she was 16 and now she's, okay, I, I have it. Uh, she's 19 and wearing outfits, not just that, but like also her dresses from when she was 16. How the shit is she possibly going to fit in these things? Well, she lost a lot of weight in that prison. Let's first point that out. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I mean like, she even point. I mean, they even say like she is skin and bones when she gets out of being in that prison after a year. So um, maybe yeah, she had but, to fill into those dresses and those outfits afterwards. I mean, she's still like she she. They also talked about like how she got back to like a normal weight while she's uh, training. Like she's running with Kale and. 
she's uh, eating the shit out of some like chocolate cake and like, she's well, she, no, she ate what would she do in the first she ate that entire like half bag of candy that mm-hmm. Dorian gave her <laughs> yeah. he comes up she's like oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, <laughs> so that's my thing it was like okay you know now like nowadays if you were you or I were to fit into something, you know, either of us were three years ago, I'd be like, okay, yeah, okay, all right. But going from 16 to 19, I I don't think so. That's just such a huge difference, or at least it was for me. I um, I wore the same, I mean, I didn't, not every single day, but I had this pair of pants that I love loved and still love and i'm working to get my way back into them that i got when i was 16 and i wore them until the back pockets fell off (laughs) and then like because the back pocket stitching was also part of the stitching the pants hole started to form in the butt and i think i was probably like 21 when i when my when my my mom finally to talk me into getting rid of them she was like she's like jane yeah (laughs) You can't hold on to these anymore. You literally have holes in your butt right now. And I'm just like, but these pants are so awesome. And I'll never find them again because I found them in Canada. Oh so I, I could have. I could have kept fitting into stuff for a while. It wasn't until like after 25 where I was like, oh, there's my body catching up with age. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, for me, it was just like, I think it was someday when I was like 15 or 16 where I was like, uh, I'd look down at my chest and be like, oh, that's where you were. <laughs> like, like, oh, wow, I have a chest now. So I, I don't know. I just think that 16 to 19, if you're wearing something that's like, because I, I got the idea that as an assassin and having hidden compartments, I'm thinking it's pretty tight. And it was probably pretty tight to begin with, so I don't know. I just they um they t- they talk about her um that same outfit in uh, one of the novellas that um we could probably mention in passing. Mm-hmm. And I think the one thing that makes it even more uncomfortable is that she has to wear that in one of the more humid <clears throat> climates, and she is pissed because oh. it is hot, and she <laughs> is sweating into that leather and everything. And the worst part is, like, while everybody else is, like, drinking around her, she has to keep her face covered so she can't drink. (laughs) So, so, yeah, like, it's just torture. I'm just sitting going, like, wow, now the outfit makes it sound even worse. It's like, yeah, cool, secret compartments. And you're reading more. She's like, oh, oh, God. Sounds miserable. She must have been pissed. (laughs) Yes. Well, I know when I was younger, I was stupid enough to go to a – Oh, it was an Ozfest concert at the Gorge, and I had just like moved here shortly before that, so I I didn't know how fucking hot it gets in the summer, and I was in Eastern Washington. <laughs> yes, and I was dumb enough to be wearing leather pants, and I was freaking miserable, like just miserable the whole time. So, like, I get it. <laughs> like, I get it, but um. Anyway, so yeah, she goes back to Rifthold because she needs to contact Arabin because she needs to get her neck- necklace, like amulet thing uh, from that her her family passed down. Uh, because she realized near the end of book three that it holds a weird key, so um, Rowan can't join her because there's no magic there. So he'd either have to choose to be stuck in his bird form or as a giant ass fey dude with a tattoo covering about half of his face. 
So, which kind of sticks out. Which tried to stir people. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of hard to miss. Kind of stand out. Just a smidge. A little bit. And uh, she's seriously missing Rowan. And uh, she blames the blood oath for this, but she really, I mean, everybody knows that it's because they're Karanam or whatever it is, and they're in love. But um, there was even a quote here. It says, uh, she wished Rowan were beside her, wished she could smell his pine and snow scent and know that no matter what news Arabin bore, no matter how it shattered her, the Fey warrior would be there to help put the pieces back together. And I'm thinking like, no, that's, that's not blood oath. (laughs) It's okay to say you're in love with him and that you want to, you want to do naughty things with him. Like, (laughs) come on, Aelin. But, uh. Roast him over a spit. (laughs) Get some of that yummy, juicy, male meat. We're going to bring it back. (laughs) (laughs) I, for, I was going to say something. I totally forgot. I was going to say that uh, he's, he's uh, uh, according to Jane, grade A male fey meat. <laughs> Best meats in the rump. Rowan burgers, Rowan fry, Rowan, Rowan stew, roast. Rowan soup, <laughs> Rowan en, en flambe. <laughs> you can do a lot of things with Rowan. <laughs> so uh, she immediately finds Kale, and they're both being giant sad sacks. Um, <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, this is where it drags. Oh, God, totally. And they're both being so goddamn emo and like, well, I don't care. No, I don't care. And well, I don't care more. (laughs) It's just. Well, I found this new side piece. Yeah. We're just side pieces. Yeah. (laughs) K.L. found somebody else just to have fun with. But they both kind of admit that um, it's uh, Nesserin. Like they both are just like, yeah, this is just for convenience sake. We clearly don't actually have those same feelings for each other that. Yeah. Yeah. uh, But you can also eh. tell from the get go that, that he's, he, he'd had relations with Nezrin too. And uh, like, they have that in their backstory apparently. Um, But uh, yeah. So um, (laughs) they, They say, uh, there's the quote, uh, everything was an effort not to say she was sorry. Sorry, not for what she'd done to his face, because, you know, she scratched up his face in second book? I want to say when they um, killed off Nehemia. Yeah. And uh, she was looking at that scar on his face. I says, but for the fact that her heart was healed, still fractured in spots, but healed, and he, he was not in it. Not as he'd once been. So she's over him and uh, and she thinks that he's just being pissy about that. But uh, he's just being pissy because, you know, he's His pissy. other real love is uh, trapped. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it's just uh, <laughs> cocaine. So this is a nice little uh, example of how he's being pissy. Quote, do you understand what it was like for us here while you were off playing with magic off gallivanting with your fairy prince? Do you understand what happened to me to Dorian? Do you understand what's happening every day in the city? Because your antics in Winland might very well have been the cause of this. <laughs> yeah. 
And he knows <sighs> how to like bring back magic, but he doesn't want to tell her at first because he doesn't like he's afraid of her power and afraid of her um being too powerful and out of control. So typical man <laughs> afraid of a woman's power <laughs> but yeah they're both being pretty goddamn annoying <laughs> oh yeah it's that those sort of parts where it dried except for mm-hmm. that um i mean there are a couple parts where they're together and also happened with other people um where it gets kind of interesting but yeah, those are the parts where I was just like, oh, would you guys just move the plot along? Exactly. <laughs> like, okay, you're not into each other anymore. Got it. Cool. <laughs> like, you've got a prince who is uh, right now currently trapped mm-hmm. because he's got a really um, a random black collar around his neck that keeps him keeps a vlog in him. Yeah, by the way, um, Dorian um, has the black collar they put him into at the end of the third book actually puts a Volg creature um, into his psyche. So he's basically like suffering as he's watching this um, creature do what it wants with Dorian's body mm-hmm. and or with his own body and he can't do anything about it. And he just pure- <laughs> What? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I had to pronounce it. His body. His body. Not as delicious as Rowan, perhaps. And and, and I hate to say this is, I'm not saying this is when Dorian gets interesting, because I've always found there's something kind of interesting about him, especially when he discovers that he has magic. Mm -hmm. But this is kind of the part where his, sadly, his character develops in a really just awful way. Yeah. But... Knowing what I know in the future, it helps a lot um, hmm. because, yeah, it's he, it, it's you know, he's obviously um, he's mourning the fact that Sorsha's is dead because his dad killed him, killed her. And um, now he's trapped and he's watching this vulgar creature take over his body and do horrible things to everybody. And he can't do anything about it. So the vault creature is in his head mocking him the yeah. entire time. So, and then you've got um, cousin um, Adian, Aiden, uh, Adian, or Adian, yeah. Adian, yes, Adian. Um, I want to pronounce these names like normal names. Um, <laughs> my bad. <laughs> uh, you got Adian like trapped because he tried to throw himself on the sword, and they're just like, "Yeah, no, we'll take you to the dungeon." And he's going to be executed. So it's yeah, far more interesting things are happening. They're sitting there going like, "Well, I don't really love you anymore. I don't really yes. love you anymore. Was well, your fault that everything's happened? Was well, your fault you have magic?" It's like. God, just get over the high school mm-hmm. shit and just keep going. And she like so. gives him back his ring, and it's just like, for fuck's sake, just <laughs> get over it. <laughs> the promise ring from yeah. high school. <laughs> oh, exactly. It cost him twenty dollars at the local Walmart. <laughs> it meant so much to him. Actually, Sorry, weren't they giving it for asshole. free? At the oh event. yeah, at the ceremony yeah. yeah the event so yeah <laughs> it was yeah but it was the equivalent of a like a Walmart or a or quarter machine ring <laughs> 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 turns her finger green um, I think she would have been happy with a ring pop because she could eat that. <laughs> 
Yeah, actually, Aelin would probably prefer that. But, um, so, yeah, uh, we're introduced to Nezrin. She's a beautiful guard and the daughter of a very successful baker in Rifthold. And it's obvious that she and Kahol had, uh, Kaol. Oh, God. I think I called him Kahol. <laughs> it looks like know. it should be pronounced that way. It's okay. It's okay. I mean, we all understand. We I get it. I don't know what a Kahol is, but. But that's him. And um, it's obvious that, obvious that they've boned down and that she's his like new and new love interest, sorta of, kinda. Um, but one of the first things that Aelin does in Rifthold is to pretty much destroy one of uh Arabin's most uh lucrative businesses, which is a little like bar. Um she Basically gets the attention of a lot of guards and starts a huge fight there. And uh, when Nezrin tells Kale about it, he says, you'll find that she tends to do whatever she wants when she wants and doesn't ask for permission first. And I was <laughs> thinking, okay, Aelin probably uh, had just been, oh, I'm sorry. Um, I meant, uh, Oh, no, he said uh, Aelin probably had just been in a pissy mood and decided to unleash her temper on the pleasure hall. So my question was, what the hell basis does he have for this claim? Like, he he he's known her, what, a year? They bone down. She's a woman, Linda. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> She's probably on her period. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. He's like... Well, what time of the month was it? Because like, I have in my little calendar, my personal calendar. Of just her <laughs> menstrual cycle. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, Nezrin's looking at his calendar like, why does it say Nezrin for these three days oh. and Aelin for these three days? <laughs> Look, he, he's really... He really believes in the rhythm method, and that's it, okay? <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, he's just saying that she's she was probably in a pissy mood and decided to unleash her temple uh, or her temper on the pleasure hall. So I'm thinking, like, he he doesn't have any fucking basis for saying that. I mean, I don't know. It's I don't know. It's I feel like he thinks that she's just destruction mm -hmm. which is kind of the sign of like no he's never really understood her that no. a lot of her moves and this is this is where definitely um i mean it, it's kind of been obviously alluded to that she's very calculating yeah like she's been making plans and but she's just not telling anybody so of course like kayal just so sort of like oh, she's just pissy well and when has like my question is like when has she, has he ever seen her just lose her temper and you know rip attack it. his face well i mean that was understandable <laughs> i know I'm, because, I'm kidding i'm kidding yeah that's I mean, a reasonable response but yes yeah that one i get um but like he's never seen her just in a pissy mood or whatever and you know just like lose her shit she uh killed all those people that were basically holding him hostage uh mm -hmm. the the rebellion uh but but that was a planned attack also. Like she yeah. did plan that out, you know, to figure out how to get in and get out and everything. So as best she could. But it wasn't because but, she was in a yeah. pissy mood. So like I was yeah. just like, what the fuck, Kale? K-hole. 
Um, <laughs> that's you stick that K right in your <laughs> Stop there. That was going to be bad. <laughs> it's there. It's lingering. We're just going to let it linger and just disappear into the night. <laughs> so, yeah, Kale tells her that, uh, Aelin, that Adderland's guards have been taking magic wielders and forcing them into tunnels until it's ready to execute them publicly. So that's cool. And um, she's basically trying to keep a low profile while also... Uh, well, as we find out later, uh, she's also trying to fuck with Arabin's business. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hardcore. And there are a couple things where you're like, it, during the book, that you're like, all right, what was the point in that? But it, as it turns out, she's just fucking with uh, with Arabin. But uh, Aelin finds out that Adian is being held captive by Adderlin. God. And um, like too many A's in that sentence. But uh, so she creates a plan to rescue him. Uh, she works out a deal with Arabin. There's another fucking A name. God, what is up with this? Like, <laughs> we didn't want to move too far away from the alphabet. Okay, yes. <laughs> Just not, don't go down. <laughs> How am I long for a Stephen or, like, <laughs> or Tim? <laughs> She works out a deal with Arabin where he will give her assistance in rescuing Adian in exchange for her capturing a live Valg for him. Uh, Arabin has uh, Florine, who's a music and dance teacher who's worked with him and Clarice to train their courtesans and assassins. And yeah, Clarice is the um, the head of the courtesans. Like she is to she's um, the madam yeah she's like she's the madam <laughs> <laughs> but yeah she's basically what arabin is to the assassins guild she is to the courtesans and uh she's she's just as evil a bitch as uh arabin is um anyway uh well, so the uh he has Florine help her uh to uh come up with a plan uh to get the uh to get uh Adian. And uh I really, really liked this quote is the woman closed her eyes for a moment and when she opened them, steel gleamed there. When you shatter the chains of this world and forge the next, remember that art is as vital as food to a kingdom. Because she's, um, she has a dance troupe and she's, she gets her dance troupe to basically hide Aelin as if she was one of them. And she goes right into the kingdom and for Dorian's birthday, they're going to execute, er um, excuse me, Adian, uh, publicly. And, uh, they're also going to have a bunch of, uh, entertainment and dancing. Cause you know, my favorite birthday was my sixth birthday where my mom killed a, a, a local bum in front of us. And that was cool. Um, <laughs> well, and she also brought the dancers. You can't remember. You yeah, can't forget that. Can't forget the dancers. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I know you would have been really upset if they forgot the dancers. The juggler was okay. Uh, they yeah. forgot the juggler. You're you're a little <laughs> mad, but you got over it. But, but it the was dancers really, and the execution had to stay. The dancers and the murder were what yes. really put it over the top, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Especially when the body like helped light the candles. I mean that oh, was God, that was yeah. that was magical. <laughs> I know. 
so best birthday ever. <laughs> um, so those of you with kids, if you're looking for an idea for their birthday party, <laughs> I just Sarah so thinking like I have no idea what to do for my kid's seventh day to do a at home in the cul-de-sac water balloon fight because of COVID. It's no like, murder. Well, yeah, well, we couldn't oh. do a murder. I mean, other things are taking care of that, clearly. <laughs> Apparently. Oh, God. Okay. Okay, and we're down so- again, and we're going to get back up. <laughs> so, so she's in with the dancers. Yeah, she's in with the dancers, and the dancers do this really cool dance where they uh, they end up, like, throwing out uh, um, in a, a very uh, graceful manner. They throw out this, uh, this uh, explosive powder. It's kind of like gunpowder, I guess. And uh, and the uh, she just Aelin kind of just drifts off, and uh, she puts on a costume, so she looks like uh, as as you find out later, she was supposed to look like uh, Arabin's biggest customer, and. <laughs> I think somebody even like yelled out, "Oh, hey, so and so," and she was like, "Yep, that's me." (laughs) (laughs) I like your voice. (laughs) Sorry, (laughs) that's me. (laughs) I am a master actor. Thank you. But no, I don't think she said anything. She waved, like, yep. So I acknowledge you. Just go. <laughs> <laughs> don't talk to laryngitis. <laughs> she went, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> nobody thought anything of it. Um, so anyway, the as it turns out, yeah, the uh, the powder that the the dancers have been throwing out, uh, it it creates like um smoke. Like a mask. It's basically they can hide, which yeah. Um, I think even like uh, Matt, uh, uh, Florine, uh, even says like she's risking a lot. Like she's oh, risking God, the lives yeah. of her dancers as well, which I think they even allude to the fact that some of her dancers probably did die in what the ensuing chaos. And you also forgot mm-hmm. to mention that Kaol made her promise not to kill yes. Dorian because he still believes Dorian can be saved. It's like, don't kill my love. Um, yes. <laughs> Welcome to the reason Kale's really pissy. <laughs> yes. Like, I, I think it's painfully obvious that there is something going on there. Um, but One sided. Dorian really doesn't. Yeah, no. I, I, I don't. Yeah. Dorian's not interested, but I think, I, I really think that there is something there with Kale, at least on his side. Um, but. Anyway, uh, so yeah, the the dancers have it. Uh, I think Arabin uh, arranged for them to have like a getaway ship, so they can um, they can sail away to safety, hopefully. Um, yeah. But in the ensuing chaos, uh, she ends up uh, saving Adian, and they run into to uh, Dorian, Dorian. Uh, and then. Uh, Aelin tries to like make a little what doesn't try she she makes a little symbol in her with her blood or with Adian's blood I think with her foot and it it's um it's a a symbol that holds him holds Dorian for a little while and she's about to give up on him she's trying to get him to come out and be able to 
fight the make the a dog. sign. Yeah, she just wants to make a sign that he's still there and he's not giving it to her. So, and well, there was an earlier promise, I think that you know that if he's like, I, I, it's really sad because there's a perspective you go into Dorian's perspective during this time, mm-hmm. and he is begging her silently to kill him. And it's just really depressing because <laughs> yeah. it's like because he wanted to die. Like, he knows that like everything is his pain, and then, of course, Kaol pulls a Kaol. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't exactly. know how It's like we know what happens because Daorian's still alive. <laughs> yes, and because um, Aelin's just sort of like you're not in there anymore. I just got to take care of you because you wouldn't want to live like this. And Dorian's like, yes, she understands yes. me. <laughs> like, and Kale's like, no, my <laughs> friend. <laughs> <laughs> you just, promised, Aelin. just got a visual of him running like, uh, uh, God, who was it? Uh, in in um, the... Uh, um, Oh my god, uh in Monty Python's Search for the Holy Grail or uh and the Holy Grail when he's running. I can't remember which night uh, it was. Lancelot's but... running. Yes, that's right. Lancelot's yes. running toward the <laughs> castle to save yes. when he thinks it's a princess. I just got that visual with Kale. Like, <laughs> my friend. <laughs> <laughs> but no, he um he has Nezrin uh stop that he has Nezrin following her to make sure he does she doesn't kill Dorian and um, she says like you know look if you kill him then I'm gonna kill Adian so yeah that's neat yeah it's yeah, it basically the, the the hand of Kaol stayed her hand <laughs> as a Nezrin. Uh, yeah, that was like one of the things where it's like, I was just like, I knew that he wasn't going to die when I was reading that part. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I felt so bad for Dorian. Yeah, cause he's he is begging. It's it, you don't. I mean, if you haven't read that part is it's just it, it's written so well to understand that he's suffering. And it's just mm-hmm. I, I get it. I understand. And there doesn't seem to be a way out. And it's, you know, he's just like, just just end this end this pain for me. And yeah. yeah, and it's like Aelin's just sort of like, okay, I'll end this pain. <laughs> like, yeah, nope. she's like, I'm going to do you this this huge solid because you're my buddy. And, yeah. and, then, uh, and then comes Nezrin's just like, Sir Lancelot. <laughs> um, and uh, after uh, Adian is rescued and he starts recovering, he starts talking about how the blood oath to Aelin is his by right. And well, they were supposed to be married too. Like that was mm. like their, um, that was the promise betrothal was um, Aelin and Adian would join together. So, yeah, and he's kind of been raised on that idea as well all his life. Like if she's still alive, <laughs> that's your wife. <laughs> and so, it even says, and also with an ideal of her as well. He's been yes. raised with a certain ideal of her. Oh, totally. Like, yeah, because for the most part, they've all thought she's dead, but. I think he's kind of held the idea that she's probably still alive. She's just in hiding because they never were able to find the body. So, <laughs> yeah. He says... He's been waiting. Um, he's been waiting for a long time. Not yeah. in any other, like, you know, biblical sense he's been waiting, but he's been waiting in other ways just than that. And then I think Kale told him in the the previous book, in the third book, he was like, yeah. oh, yeah, by the way. Um, but, uh, so he says... Uh, 
Well, the book says, Rin already knew that the blood oath was Adian's by right, and any other child of Terrison would know that too. So first thing Adian would do when the prince arrived would be to make sure he understood that little fact. <laughs> I have it in my notes. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> and when he finds out that Rowan has already completed a blood oath to her, he's pretty pissy about it for a while. But he also seems to get and then over we get it back pretty quickly. Into- yeah, he does. We do kind of get into a couple of moody emo characters mm-hmm. as well. It's like, hey, no, we don't need another one. Exactly. <laughs> just, just get over it. There's other pretty shiny things. <laughs> just get over it. Well, it's kind of weird because they establish in the third book, they establish Adian as this like big hulking um, kind of badass dude. This badass warrior dude who is kind of a a playboy too, where he gives off this playboy vibe. Like he's a, he's Bruce Wayne. Um, but he's fucking huge. And then in this book, it's like, Oh, but he's also emo as shit. So it's like, no, but, uh, and I just feel like he's totally different than he was before. (laughs) Yeah. It's his character does take a minor shift, but he Mm -hmm. does, he does kind of get over it when, do you want to say, dun dun dun, dun Rowan uh, yeah. appears. <laughs> uh, Rowan hears that Lorcan was traveling to Rifthold to go after Aelin. Lorcan being uh, one of the fame or fame males that he would uh, fight uh, That's with. That's still bound to uh, Maeve mm-hmm. and will do anything for her, so... Yeah. Yeah. So he he goes to Rifthold and finds her and joins her there. And he really wants to get freak nasty with her, but he's trying to have boundaries. So um, <laughs> she just. Because well, he's he, he still feels that like I can't have I can't be with you because I love my dead wife. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's. You know, there's again, these are where the parts start to drag. <laughs> like, yeah. these are the parts where I'm like, I am just I want to move on to one of the other character chapters because I'm just like, OK, I get it. It's not going to happen. Yeah. Let's move on then. Yes. To yes. They keep like anything. going over it and she wants to get freak nasty with him. And it's just like, oh, OK, I don't care. I don't care. Just move on. (laughs) Anyway, um, she just fucks with his head in return. Um, Well, more like fucks with other things. Um, (laughs) There's the quote. (laughs) I'm sorry, Jane. I'm going to say I'm sorry ahead of time. Are you okay? (laughs) Rowan was in bed by the time she strutted toward the bathroom. She heard rather than saw him jolt upright. The mattress groaning as he barked, what in hell is that? (laughs) I'm serious. I'm serious when I say that I thought it was going to say that she was wearing a strap on. (laughs) 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 Because of his reaction, I was like, what is that? (laughs) What are we getting into here? But it's just a nightie. <laughs> yeah, a slinky, clingy, mm-hmm. translucent sort of nighty. Yeah, yeah. she's wearing nothing some exciting. <laughs> yeah, nothing. nothing she was on. she was throwing out all the signals, and he was just oh, like, God, no, yeah. "No, no, no, <laughs> no, yeah, Aelin, no, no means no. 
Yes. <laughs> you respect his boundaries. So, I I I love that. And oh god, there's another part part that I have to to uh talk about and it it has nothing to do with that. But I laughed so hard at this point. Um besides the strap on part. Okay. <laughs> you mean the non-existent strap on part yeah. you laughed really hard the part at? That was in my head. Um, so Rowan and Aelin take down a Valg. And it says, Mm -hmm. she strode to Rowan, taking the heavy arm from him, and waved at the prince with the creature's stiff fingers. (laughs) Stop that, he hissed. (laughs) So she just takes the hand, the dismembered Valg hand, and just waves at him. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Oh my god, I love it so much. (laughs) I love that visual sort of humor. But, um, so yeah, it sounds like something I would do. <laughs> Grab a disfigured hand and start waving. But, um. I know what to get you for your birthday. <laughs> oh, so, uh, also they go to the Sin Eaters Temple. And I was thinking seriously, if this were a real place, how badly would you want to go? To a place called Sin Eaters T- Temple? Come on. <laughs> Depends on what they what they do there. <laughs> I would so fucking go. <laughs> but um yeah, so we also meet uh a new character who is um who she had uh, a history with. Uh they uh this person was a a uh courtesan and when they were younger they were I don't know why, but they just couldn't stand each other. And it's um, I don't know exactly like how like they. There's a lot of I don't know if this is covered in any of the novellas that I haven't read <laughs> yet. Um, but they do kind of allude to. It sounds like Aerobin kind of made them competition. Yeah, because they kind of they're about the same age, but where she was, um, her name's Lysandra. Mm-hmm. Um, where she was raised to be a courtesan, like Aelin was raised to be an assassin, mm-hmm. and. It's it's clearly being a Corazon is has not made Lysandra happy at all. She's very upset. And you see that when um you introduce by both to Lysandra and also um Evangeline. Yeah, and so. Lysandra had to um she's basically been forced into uh into becoming a courtesan since she was young. And mm-hmm. And also having a relationship with Aerobin. Yeah, because part um, of it. she's basically beholden to Clarice uh, de Vinci, the, the one who owns the brothel, basically. And Aerobin puts in the highest bid for her, for her, um, I'm trying to remember what, they're, what they call it, but he basically buys her. And um, which is just fucking awful, obviously. And she's about to be able to afford her uh, to pay off Clarice for herself so she can actually afford her own freedom when they bring in um, a very young girl, Evangeline, and she's supposed to mentor Evangeline and uh, teach her the tricks of being a, a successful courtesan. 
And Evangeline tells her that she really doesn't want to do this. She's scared and she she's just crying and saying she doesn't want to do it. So Clarice, I mean, um, excuse me, Lysandra, Lysandra. cuts her face to give her a, a giant scar across her face to save her from becoming a courtesan. But now, um, you know, Clarice knows that she did it. So she's charging her for all the money that she thinks that she could have uh, earned from basically whoring out Evangeline. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so now, now Lysandra is just that much further from buying off her own freedom. But um, we find and she's also taking care of Evangeline now because Evangeline has nowhere to go. So Lysandra takes her under her wing, and she does trick. Like at first, um, she because she is worried that you know she's going to get killed. She does this, so she tricks Clarice into thinking that she was jealous of Evangeline being pretty. So they play this whole thing like you know she was clearly trying to protect this uh, young girl, Mm -hmm. and it's it, it. I like her character. Her yeah. character is very well done. Like I, I don't know the whole story about why her and Eileen are frenemies, or well, they become frenemies or become friends. Mm-hmm. But I don't know why they start as enemies. I have a feeling that there's probably something there. You know, the difference between like what Eileen's path got to be and what Lysandra's was. Well, and and especially said- if you, as you learn more about Lysandra and who she is, it's it starts to become even clearer because mm-hmm. Lysandra's a badass. She's a total <laughs> badass. But uh, Aelin says that uh, something like the that, you know, I'm surprised that you would come to my house when the last thing I said to you is if I ever saw you again, I would kill you. And I plan on keeping that promise. But Lysandra's there to warn her that, hey, uh, Arabin's been talking about this um, and he's he's basically going to screw you over. And I fell in love with the the man who Arabin uh, forced to uh, to capture your uh, your old boyfriend, Sam. And uh, then he killed him off to <laughs> it's this it's this huge thing. But um, she was in love with the guy and he wrote a letter for Selena. Then she was Selena uh, before she was Aelin. And it was basically telling her everything that happened that he didn't want to help capture her or capture Sam and uh, bring him to his death. But, you know, he had to. And, you know, when when Arabin tells you to do something, you better fucking do it or else you might get worse. And yeah, she's she's kind of been led to believe that. Um, Sam's death was more unfortunate than anything else. I don't. Th- I think that up until this point, she didn't realize how much of a hand um, Arobin had in Sam getting killed and also mm-hmm. her going to um, the slave prison as well. So she has a mm-hmm. lot to be pissed off at right now. <laughs> yeah, so much. Yeah. But, um, Which is what makes what's coming up really amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but she gets to know uh, Lysandra better, and they end up becoming friends and uh, learning how to trust each other. 
And uh, do you and make it a really cool plan? This is why, like, what, these are probably like. I mean, you're talking about waving with the hand. Like this all, <laughs> how this all plays out is probably some of my favorite parts of this book. Yes, and there are so. And we haven't even started talking about the witches, but this was probably one of my some of my favorite scenes in this book. <laughs> yes, there's some amazing scenes and amazing quotes with her because, like, should we just come out and say it? <laughs> Uh, d- the plan where they're gonna kill Arobin <laughs> together. Yes, <laughs> yes. So, so basically, everybody knows that Arobin is a total dick, and mm-hmm. he also has stolen um um Eileen's uh necklace, the amulet of Ornith. And I'm trying to remember because again, this is where I get a little bit um I question what where certain things happen because I've read ahead. But in the action, my understanding is that he actually stole the necklace from Eileen. Like she was wearing it yeah. when he found her. And he was like, oh, I'm going to pocket this. And okay, I'll take the kid too. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, we're good. But he never told her that she had it. And yeah, it's so. So first off, he's stolen that. And he's obviously like, you know, Let's just go with the proper term. He's raped Lysandra over and over yeah. again because, you know, she clearly does not want any of this. And he's destroyed Eileen's childhood. So they plan to kill him. Mm-hmm. And the plan is um, that because Lysandra is supposed to spend the night with him, um, with Aerobin, uh she is going to be there while Rowan and Eileen and... Um, Aiden head over there, and while Erebin's Lys- asleep, Lysandra slits his uh, throat with a knife that he always keeps under his pillow, because he's obviously scared <laughs> of assassins killing him, but not the courtesan that <laughs> is sleeping next to him, because he trusts her completely. <laughs> And <laughs> probably, and then afterwards, I mean, during this time, like Eileen's like making plans, like she's because there's other assassins that are still in his little guild that are chomping at the bit to get all the money that she that he has. Eileen is making plans, and they find a will that says that Eileen gets all of the money and <laughs> all of the you know she gets and so everything she, and including his yeah, property. She, Yep, and so she sells the property back to the three guys, <laughs> uh, the three remain assassins, and it's obviously they point out that yeah, no, that's that's a fake will, and she, they literally bought something from her that she doesn't have any right to. So, mm-hmm. but whatever. Now she has money for an army, which is what she needs. <laughs> and then when they and then the best part, they go down to see his body, and um. While they're down there, she takes out her sword and decapitates them. And she's like, basically, like, just in case. <laughs> and I was like, I love that scene. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, some good stuff. That was my favorite scene. <laughs> and she uh, she pays off... Uh, um, Lysandra's remaining debt. Yeah. That also includes Evangeline's debt. Yeah. So they're free now. And... Oh yeah, Lysandra is a shapeshifter. 
<laughs> Love it. And if magic were around, she'd be able to change her shape, but she can't. Yeah, she because magic uh, is still trapped. She's been. We find out that she's been stuck in that that shape of like that that Lysandra. I mean that Aelin knows as Lysandra, but um, because she found that the more beautiful girls got paid the more when they were begging so um which she was a child when this happened when magic got locked away and she got stuck in this body Mm -hmm. so yeah and her mother kicked her out like that's why she was a begging child because her mother found out that she was a shapeshifter and basically kicked her out Mm -hmm. and um she made herself really pretty and i think that's what's really sad she doesn't remember what her yeah what she originally looked like what she was born looking like yeah and she says that they talk about um she doesn't even know like if if she did know what she looked like she doesn't know how she would look today having aged so it it doesn't matter and it that was really heartbreaking yeah, but it also, I think, gives her freedom when she's able to shift at some mm-hmm. point, you know, to actually be what she wants. And I, I'm i sure you're already learning this as you're reading to the next book. She has fun with it. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> she has a shit ton of fun with it. When we get into the next book, she has a lot of ideas on what she can be. And I love that she's, <laughs> she's saying that if magic were back, she would probably give herself smaller breasts because <laughs> It's such a pain to have such large breasts. And so, um, spoiler, yeah, they get magic back. And what does she do? <laughs> she, she brings down her chest. <laughs> and Aelin just starts laughing like, yep. Okay, so how'd that work for you? <laughs> but, uh, okay, so shall we get into the witchlings and our the favorite actual character? In this? Yeah, because I mean, in the end, like this, it kind of... Yeah, other stuff does um, occur, um, but yes, we probably should talk about the witches because it all kind of then comes together in the end, mm-hmm. and we meet some people that we kind of forgot about in previous books or yes. were left behind. Um, so yes, but not forgotten. Hello to all you boys and ghouls. This here is Linda, and I am tired. I am tired as a dead. But man, do I love that damn smoking hot wyvern character. I talk too damn much again, so somebody's gonna have to stop me. So we'll be coming right back at you with continuation and conclusion to this episode next week in part two, baby! Oh!